Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. Today on the show, we have Roxanne. We went a little longer than normal, so I'm going to keep this brief so that we can just dive in. But Roxanne is a manifestation expert. But for me, it goes so beyond that. She is like a masterclass and seeing possibility everywhere and not living in anxiety. She actually shared a little bit about her process when when shit hits the fan, her words. And I just loved what she had to say about that. So that's where I got that from. But truly, this entire episode, even though it was about manifesting, it was like it was kind of really just about living, like living better. Like I feel like that's the best way I know how to describe it. And one of the reasons I'm saying that is because one of the things we talked about is why you do not need to learn how to manifest. You have been manifesting since the day you were born. And this absolutely blew my mind. I've never really had anyone explain manifesting this way. And it made so much sense to me and also really felt like it demystified it and made it way more accessible. Uh, So we talk about that. We also talk about whether or not there were ideal ways to manifest for different kinds of people, how to process anxiety in 90 seconds, like I just mentioned, the biggest manifestation myths, and oh my goodness, there are so many. And honestly, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It felt like an hour of me asking every manifestation question you could think of. So now you know if manifesting is for you. And just a reminder, manifesting is for you because you're already doing it. The big question is, will you be more intentional about it? And yeah, that was really the big, big, big takeaway that I took from this. And it's still resonating with me and making me feel like I've got all kinds of possibility in front of me on what I what magic I can create. So I hope that you feel the exact same way after listening to this episode. All right, let's dive in and meet Roxanne. Today on the show, we have Roxanne. I don't know. I have to sing, Roxanne, you don't have to do a song from Moulin Rouge. Yes. Yeah, every time. It's <laughs> do great. people always do that to you? <laughs> Roxanne no, is no a man. <laughs> no, I can imagine. I can imagine. Roxanne is a manifestation expert. She's also got a secret power that I don't even know if she knows about, but she creates reels that make you feel so freaking good. Her magical manifestation energy just travels through Instagram land and to everyone who looks at her stuff and makes us look at life totally differently. True story. In addition to creating magical content, she is the creator of the Soul Alignment Method, which uses neuroscience and ancient wisdom to discover your soul purpose, uncover your limiting beliefs, rewire your subconscious, and manifest what you are truly meant for in just 10 minutes a day. Please welcome to the show, the magical Roxanne Miranda. Woohoo! <laughs> wow, what an introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to oh be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited that you are here. Also, I have to tell the story about yesterday because we were supposed to record yesterday and I like I like fell on the floor laughing. Because I had opened, like, long story short, there I was having some tech issues before the call on a completely separate event. 
And so I was kind of running a little bit late in my day. And so I just sent her a message. I was like, oh, can we like push this by 15 minutes or whatever it might be? And that didn't work for her schedule. And long story short, just in case I opened up the window to have a recording, but I forgot I had done that. And I sent her an email and I was like, oh, I got an email back saying, oh no, you know, I can't do that. So I was like, oh, okay, that's no problem. We rescheduled for today. But I forgot that I opened the window and she was also there. <laughs> so for- so for like 10 minutes, I find this so funny. I'm just sitting there like on my phone. Who knows what the heck I'm doing? And you're just like watching me. <laughs> it, it was it was so funny. I'm like waving my hands like, do you see me? Can you hear me? <laughs> but you looked great. You look like your badass business self just doing your thing on your phone. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I love that. I even had like, I even got dressed for the day. Like even right now you're like not, I'm the kind of not so dressed up. Yesterday I was like in like a jumpsuit. Like I tried yesterday. (laughs) So at least you saw me. At least someone saw me. (laughs) Yes. You were a witness. And we're here now. And we're here now. (laughs) And we're here now. Exactly. Okay. So first off, we like to jump into a section I like to call spill the tea. This is really about getting the behind the scenes of your business and normalizing that roller coaster that we're all on and that we have to learn to enjoy riding, you know? So I'm going to go through some questions, which I love it. Like, don't feel like you have to fire around these. Like, answer them how you'd like to answer them. No stress, right? But yeah, whatever first comes to mind, there are no wrong answers. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Yes, let's do it. Amazing. What is the best advice you've ever received in business? Oh my gosh, that's such a big question. (laughs) Okay. The best advice I've ever received... I think there's so much, but I think the the first thing that comes to mind and is like relevant for me right now, which is probably why it's coming up, is to not be attached. Like I think as business owners, Mm. we put so much of our identity and purpose and even self-worth and value into our business. Like it's our baby. We love it so much that sometimes we put so much of ourselves into it that it actually limits us and blocks us. We'll take it personal if a launch doesn't work out or et cetera, right? So I would say the best piece of advice I ever received was that is just like that level of non-attachment. One of my business coaches, James Wedmore, says it in the way of like, see yourself as if you are the scientist of your business. And a scientist doesn't take it personal when an experiment doesn't work out, right? The scientist just recalibrates like, okay, what could we do differently? And she tries again, right? So that level of like an attachment to my business has been really helpful when things don't go as planned (laughs) and has ultimately just like allowed me to grow way more. Yeah. I love that. And it's so funny that you just said that because I just had, I I feel like, well, I think this is probably a lot of business owners can relate to this where we get really attached to an outcome that we want to create. And especially when you're in a launch and you know, I'm in a launch right now. So of course I'm like, I, I'm really navigating that right now, but it's actually interesting. I've noticed that this is the best it's ever been for me in terms of that, like the most unattached I've been to an outcome. And so for me, 
even though like the win would be X number or whatever, like, of course, there's always like metrics that you want to hit, right? But for me, I already feel I'm like on day five of promotion. So like, I'm not even into the selling part of it. But I already feel like really good about this launch because I've actually feel like, wow, I am coming at this with a completely different energy than I usually do. So it's like really rewarding to hit that. (laughs) Yes, I love that so much. And I think too, it's like people think about attachment and they think that means like we're not supposed to care. It's like, no, we still care. Like we're still in it. We're still like showing up and doing the work with our fullness. But there's just this level of like knowing that it's always going to be okay no matter what. Like it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. (laughs) What about the least helpful advice? Does something come to mind? Oh my God, the least helpful advice. I feel like there's so much of that too. I know yeah, there really okay. is. That one like <laughs> and I'm not gonna like throw anyone under the bus for this one, but least helpful <laughs> advice would be like when you're handed a script of like, here's the script, this is exactly what you're supposed to say. Like I remember I used to do discovery calls and that's how I got clients. And I would like literally be reading the script that a business coach gave me. That's the worst because people feel that when you're not being your authentic self. It's not to say that like templates aren't helpful and like, like for example, I was in your coaching group and it was so helpful to get ideas of like what the heck to post, right? On my Instagram and but even when when you gave us that, it was very like you're not saying this is exactly like copy and paste. It's like here's the idea and then make it your own, you know. So yeah. I would say don't follow someone else's script. Like that's it's yeah no. It takes it takes the like your personality that's, out of it, the joy out of it, and people feel it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, amen to that. I love that so much. I couldn't agree more. This is what I always love asking people this question because actually, I especially love asking you this question because you come off as someone who, okay, sorry, I know this is huge assumptions. I'm sure this isn't correct. And obviously, if it is, that's beautiful. <laughs> but like, you come off as someone that just doesn't experience like stress or anxiety. Like, you just come off as someone who's very much like, <laughs> oh, I'll let it roll off my back. It's fine. So, is there anything in your business that does bring you anxiety? Like, even little things like checking your email or something like that? I would say I'm pretty anxiety free and also that's amazing. There are things that I mean, because I've really I've shaped my business and grew my business around my top value, which is freedom. Like freedom is my top value. So when I built my business, I really wanted to make sure I wasn't like building it into this kind of like box, you know, that that I was going to yeah. be stuck in, but to like actually support that freedom, right? So day to day, no, I don't feel a lot of anxiety. And also that being said, yes, there are things that come up that cause anxiety. Like I know you're in a launch right now and I actually just finished my last launch. It was a really challenging one for us. And there was a moment during that launch that I was full of anxiety, like, oh my God, like it felt like, am I allowed to swear? Are we not swearing? I don't know. <laughs> oh my God, you can so swear. Like, fuck, like go okay. for it. Well, it's just like, like <laughs> it hit the fan right? Shit really hit the fan. (laughs) And in those moments, of course, anxiety comes up. So absolutely. I don't think any human being is free of that. That's like not, I don't, I don't really believe in that. I think that's like some superhuman stuff. But when the anxiety comes up that at least you're able to like recognize it right away, see the deeper truth of like where it's coming from and like be able to do that shadow work of, of, using it as your teacher and your guide of like, this is the next thing for you to work on and perhaps come mm. into unattachment like we were just talking about around whatever you're feeling anxiety yeah. about. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really love that. Just out of curiosity, when you have those not necessarily common moments, but you do experience anxiety, is there something specific that you do in that moment to like recalibrate or do you like, or do you just move through it or like, what do you do in that moment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a whole process that I teach around emotional intelligence and shadow work. It's like what I give my students is exactly what I I do for myself. Um, But just like to give a couple little key points now of things that are helpful. um, One thing is to know that it takes 90 seconds for an emotion to move through our nervous Mm -hmm. system. That's it. And so if an emotion is in your body for more than 90 seconds, it's just because you've identified with that emotion because you're stuck in a thought feeling loop, which is basically like you have a, a thought which which activates chemicals in your body that creates a feeling and then the feeling creates another thought and the thought creates another feeling and you get stuck in this loop, which eventually be, can become a mood, can become a belief that you have, can become part of your identity. And so even just knowing that is very freeing because we can stop that thought feeling loop. So when I feel anxiety, the first thing I do, rather than suppressing it or pushing it away or trying to think about something happy, I actually meet it directly. Like I go in, I close my eyes and I'm like, okay, I'm going to meet this feeling directly. What does the anxiety actually feel like in my body? Where am I feeling it? And then being the observer of it, of like, this is an experience that I'm having and just letting it be what it is completely without attaching yeah. a story to it or attaching a belief to it, but just this is what I'm feeling. Because the – and I'll, I will go on tangents on this, so like stop me if I'm going too long. <laughs> but No, this is amazing. I love it. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. So it just comes down to the reality that every part of us really just wants to be acknowledged, right? Like we all mm-hmm. want to be acknowledged in life. That's a human thing. And every part of us wants to be acknowledged as well, including our anxiety. So when we push it away, it's kind of like – it's going to be like a kid throwing a tantrum. Like if you don't address that child and and acknowledge the child, the child's going to keep screaming and throwing a fit, right? So mm-hmm. just like that with your anxiety, it really takes acknowledging that feeling, meeting it directly. And if you can do that for 90 seconds without attaching a thought or a feeling to it, many times that feeling will kind of release on its own, which is really magical. There is a great TED Talk about this. If people want to look it up, you could just Google. It's like left brain, right brain TED Talk. And I forget her name, but this doctor talks about this and the little 15-minute fun TED Talk. Um, So that, and then I'll just say the second thing is once you've met the feeling directly, is really asking if the feeling could speak directly to me, what would it say? So like really giving your anxiety Mm -hmm. a voice, and this is part of that emotional intelligence work, right? Of like, what is this feeling actually trying to say? And then when you get clear on that, finding what the positive intention is of the feeling, which I know can throw people off because it's like, how could anxiety have a positive intention for me? But Mm. every feeling thought that we have is wired for our survival, wired for our safety. That's just how we're made up uh, as humans. And so even something like anxiety has a deeper positive intention for you. Maybe it's to make sure that people don't judge you. Maybe it's to make sure that you don't fall flat on your face when shit hits the fan, right? Maybe it's to make sure that you're loved, to make sure that um, you're going to make enough money in your launch and like your life's not going to fall apart or et cetera. (laughs) So finding that deeper positive intention really allows us to find more acceptance and acknowledgement and appreciation even for what that anxiety is trying to do for us. And then we can move forward 
with a better method, right, in a different way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. As someone who does experience a lot of anxiety, like that's such a beautiful reminder. A former client of mine also told me that about the 90 seconds. So I I had forgotten all about that. And so you just reminded me, which I love so much. But I love also like if it could talk to you, like what would it say? Like that's so fascinating. Even just thinking that in my head, it's interesting. Like like it's been such a crazy few days. So it's like my chest has been really tight this week. I mean, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but why not? Like there's so much stuff in the news right now that is like freaking me out about like the value of the dollar and like all these money related things, right? And over here in England, really far away from my bank accounts (laughs) and just like all these, you know, things that whether that matters or not in this situation, it's just making me a, a naturally anxious person. I, I shouldn't say that. I'm trying to stop like identifying with anxiety, but like a someone who tends to get like overwhelmed with things like that. Um, it's I've just my feelings have just been spiraling and like worried. Oh my gosh, am I going to wake up and not have access to money? Am I going to like what's going to happen? And I shared on a podcast a couple podcasts ago actually some of my money fears. So everyone now knows that my big fear with money that stems back to childhood is losing everything I have. So of course this is like the worst feeling to have for me. (laughs) But it's so just you saying that like is such a great practice for when I'm even having those feelings outside of business to just like, okay, what would it say to me? Why is it there? Maybe it's reminding me to like, I don't know, like just look at my accounts and make sure like I've done everything that I can to just like, you know, keep it safe, do what I need to do, take care of it and then stop obsessing. (laughs) Stop being so attached. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I love that so much. And you know what you said about like stemming from your childhood? I have a very similar core money fear as well. So I totally resonate and feel you with that. And I think it's a really – I hear it all the time in my students. It's it's a very common one. It's either like you're scared you're never going to have it or you're scared you're going to lose it, right? So it's one of the two. (laughs) And and just acknowledging that it does come from from your childhood is like so huge too because I think one thing people forget is that when people talk about um, inner child work, for example, we think like maybe some people think, oh, this is just a spiritual concept of an inner child. But your subconscious was actually formed when you were a child, right? Like before the age of 12, mostly before the age of five even when you were a child. So like it, it is your inner mm. child when that anxiety comes up. And like would you kick your inner child? Would you like shove away a little kid? Like no, you're going to mm. embrace her and acknowledge her. And then – Take her hand and be the grown up and show her a new way forward. Right. Mm, I love that. I love that. Okay. Totally shifting gears back to business for a second, but that was so beautiful. <laughs> if you, I mean, this is such a random question after that, but if you could grow your email list, oh my God, like so random. <laughs> but if you could grow your email list one way for an entire year, how would you choose to grow your list? I, I love that. I mean, I think it's all related, even when we talk about the spiritual stuff and the inner work and the business, because I mean, it's yeah. you can't have the business without the inner work. So I, yeah, it's all related. Um, okay. So if I could build my, if I was going to build my email list in one way, what would it be? Actually, I think I'll just choose what we're going to be working on this year, which, you know, up to this, we've done a lot of ads and 
the biggest way that my email list has grown is simply by doing launches. And every launch we get, like our last launch, we had 18,000 people register. So it was like, boom, there's 18,000 more people on our list. And while that's been great and that's working for us, I am actually now really like until the next launch, what I really want to focus on is just like keeping people warm that are already on our list, of course, but also giving people a taste of what's going to come for the next launch, which we haven't been great at in the past. So we get a lot of like Mm. cold leads for a launch. But what I want to do now is to have like a smaller opt-in offering that is like a perfect introduction to what we'll be doing in the big launch, the big free training workshop. So I guess to put it simply is to just like have one really awesome free offering for people and not something that's like fluffy and just a little PDF that they're never going to do or forget about, but something that's actually going to create transformation in their Mm. life, you know? And and so I guess the, the easiest way to say that would be growing our email list by providing transformation, period. <laughs> yeah. And like not like – because I, I think people do need to hear that actually because I think that the tendency is – I hear this a lot like, oh, I don't want to like give too much. Like I, I kind of want to hold on – like, you know, I want to just hold on to it because I don't – you know, people should pay for me – pay me if they actually want that result, but at least they can like learn five random things about it. <laughs> And in my head, I'm like, I don't, I don't think that way. Like I'm very generous with my content and, and I just feel like there's so much more where that came from. Like if we're right, we're right. And like, I want them to feel a transformation even if they don't pay me. And so I love that. It sounds like you feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. I have in the past made the mistake of making people feel like they got everything and there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. Like you definitely want to make sure that people know that- There is more. There's more. This was amazing. And also it's the tip of the iceberg, right? There's more. So making sure you don't make that mistake. Like be clear about that. But at the same time, it's like think about who you invest in. Would you invest in a coach or a service? Or I don't know who if your listeners are all coaches, but I think most of them are. Would you invest in someone who you did their free training? And it like didn't give you any transformation. It's like, no, I'm, I'm leaving that. Like, that's not for me. But if your free offering yeah. is providing real transformation, that just leaves your people wondering, like, if this is the free stuff, what do I get in the paid stuff? You know? <laughs> Precisely. Nail on the head. If you could go back in time and give beginner business owner Roxanne some advice, what would it be? Oh, gosh. It would be to... Listen to your coaches, but also follow your intuition, even if it's not what your coach is telling you to do, (laughs) to try and not be like someone else, like just be yourself and follow your gut, follow your intuition. Yeah. That is such good advice for everyone to hear. Actually, I would say the exact same thing. It took me a really long time, actually, like I, I I spent a year like consciously not working with a coach because I realized that I almost had like this dependent relationship on my coach, right? I was with her for a really long time. She was amazing. I would recommend her to anyone. So it's not like I didn't find her incredible. But what I noticed is that I couldn't make a fucking decision without consulting her with it. Like It's like I, I stopped trusting my mm-hmm. own gut and thoughts. So mm-hmm. when we stopped working together, I purposefully did not hire anyone else for a year because I was like, I need to find my own voice in this business. And that was the 
first of all, the best year for me in terms of growth, the best year for me in terms of confidence. Like it is amazing. Like coaches are amazing. And I, I invest in coaches consistently. I am a coach. Like I, I think there's so much value in hiring coaches. However, I didn't realize until so late in the game how important it is to be clear on your own voice, on your own opinions, and to understand that you know more than you think you do. And so, yeah, I think that like what you said, that's such good advice for sure. Yeah. So huge. Love that. Okay. I can't I, like, there, you know, what's funny. There's more questions and under spill your tea, but I'm like, no, I need to talk about manifestation. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just like so excited to talk about what we're talking about today. So like, let's just like, yay, spill the tea. I loved it. And also like, I'm like a kid in a candy store right now because I have been thinking about manifesting for so long and I found this sentence on your website and I have to like ask you what it means just to kickstart this conversation. You don't need to start manifesting because you've been manifesting since the day you were born. I like what read this and I like had to reread it like three times. I was like, wait, what? What does this mean? Can you tell me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So huge. It's funny because even when you're like, okay, I have more questions, but I want to talk about manifesting. In my head, I'm like, we've actually been talking about manifesting this whole time. I, I know. Don't really so know it. Oh my God, you're so because, right. <laughs> yeah. Because manifestation is like, like when people come to me and they're like, I want to start manifesting. That's always the first thing I say. I'm like, no, you've been manifesting. Yeah. We are born and we immediately start manifesting. And we can get into like the neuroscience of it and and all of that, if people want to look up like the double slit experiment is a great resource. You could Google that or even the placebo effect shows us how we're manifesting all the time. So it's not even like, it's not that you have to be spiritual to manifest. It's not something you start doing. You're constantly doing it. The only difference is when you invest in a manifestation coach or you make that intention of like, I'm going to start learning everything about manifestation. Now you're just starting to do it on purpose. That's the only difference. Mm. So our subconscious is constantly manifesting for us, right? And if we look at our surroundings, it is a product of our manifestation of our subconscious or someone else's as well, because it is a co-creation. It's a collaboration. So, you know, I'm thinking about like the trees that are planted in my yard. Well, I didn't plant those, but those were the manifestation of the homeowner before me who planted those trees, right? So a collaboration. Yeah. But yes, you're manifesting all the time. So it's not about starting to manifest, but rather starting to manifest on purpose. What you I love that to experience, like taking the ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So does that, so when you said the, like your subconscious is manifesting all the time, is there mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. this might be such a stupid question, but like, is there, no I mean, this is, <laughs> But like part of me makes – when I when I think about that, I'm like, oh, so then I can be – correct me if I'm wrong here, but like I could technically be manifesting something that I don't want by accident. Is that true? Like is that what that would oh, mean yeah. or is that not what that means? Oh, yeah. Really? No, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I mean I can give the example of – okay, this is a funny example. When I was still working a nine-to-five, I put it out to the universe – 
like, I don't like this job. This is sucking my soul. I just want to blossom into my full potential. And I actively was manifesting this, blossoming into my full potential, even though I had no idea what that looks like, which is also another Mm -hmm. myth. Like, it doesn't have to be super clear and specific. You can leave it open. It's okay. I want to blossom into my full potential. And it was a month or two after that that I got laid off from my job. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) Right? So – Yes, you can manifest things that maybe you don't want. In that case, it actually, you know, I always tell my students when an obstacle comes, or I'm going to put that in big air quotations, an obstacle air quote, Mm -hmm. it's all about your perspective and how you look at it. And me getting laid off my job, for example, was actually the best thing that could have ever happened. It was like totally launched me into my entrepreneurship and my career and what I'm doing now eventually. But, and also, yes, you can absolutely manifest things that you don't want. Like, was there a smoother way I could have gone about that? Maybe, like maybe. (laughs) Yeah. It almost sounds like it's not even that you didn't want it. It's almost like you weren't ready for it. It was all like, it was like, but kind of like, it's almost like the universe really had to step in and get you out of a situation so you could get into a new situation. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And that's like such a huge piece of manifestation is really letting go of the how. Because as humans, we really want to like, it's for our sense of safety and stability that we want to know how something's going to unfold. Like I want it to go this way, this way, this way, this way. Yeah. one of the biggest rules of manifestation other than like unattachment is super huge. But another big one is letting go of the how of being, letting it be open because we're always walking around with these blinders on like our subconscious. I know that words come up quite a bit because I I talk about it a lot. It controls 95% of our reality and it also filters out 95% of our reality, meaning what we think is reality is actually only a tiny sliver of reality. And there's so much more that we are not aware of in every moment because it's being filtered out. It's kind of like the moment that you buy a new car, then you start seeing that car everywhere. And it's not that there's more cars of, yeah. on the road of your car now. It's just that your subconscious wasn't noticing them before and now it is, right? So with this filtering out, it's so important to remember that when we're focused on the how and like, I want it to go this way and that way, we're limiting ourselves to what we can see. But there's so much, many other possibilities that the universe could provide us that we're not even aware of. So letting go of the how, if you get laid off from your job, trust that it's in service of your highest good, even if you can't see it yet. And just keep going. <laughs> I love that. Is there anything we can do to like take I like again, I don't know how to even ask this question because it's like such a weird question in my brain to compute. Like it doesn't almost make sense, but like is there anything we can do to like take care of our subconscious so that like we are in a in a high vibe place? Like do we have to meditate to to do that? Like is or or is it not really about meditating or affirmations I hear a lot of people say is it about something else? Yes. So 
Subconscious reprogramming is a super, super powerful tool, and there's many different ways that you can reprogram your subconscious. It's actually like the core teaching that I do in all of my work. Wow. Because again, your subconscious is controlling 95% of your reality, right? And we have the ability with neuroplasticity, yay, neuroplasticity, we love that, which basically just means that we have the <laughs> ability to create new neural networks in our brain. I like to think of it as like, Okay, with subconscious reprogramming, basically what you're doing is you're building a new neural network. And let's say the mm-hmm. old network that you have is around self-doubt. That's a really common one, right? So you have almost this like super highway in your brain of self-doubt. And every time you go to make that post or do that live or create that new uh, opt-in or whatever it is, there's this layer of self-doubt. And that's coming through in your work and your manifestation, right? You're giving your you're attracting mm-hmm. more reasons to doubt yourself and less, um, we can say like less new clients, less income or whatever it is that you're wanting in your business. So you have this super highway of self-doubt. With subconscious reprogramming, what you're doing is creating a new neural network and we'll say it's one of confidence, okay, of, of capability, of believing in yourself. When you start building this new highway, at first it's it's just going to be a dirt road, right? It's like a little dirt road. But the more that you use this road, it becomes a path. And then it's a street. And then it's an avenue. And then it's a super highway. And then it's one of those mega autobahns like they have in Europe, right? And so now, <laughs> subconsciously, automatically, your brain will always choose that path of confidence of knowing you're capable rather than the old road of self-doubt. And that that road starts mm-hmm. growing ivy on it and the bridges start breaking down and because it's not being used, right? So now we have this new road. So that's what subconscious reprogramming does for you. It creates these autobahns in your brain that are more mm-hmm. useful for you so that automatically on autopilot, that is the neural pathway that it's going to choose for you. And that's what it will then manifest into your life. And as far as how to do subconscious reprogramming, again, there's so many different ways. Yeah. But just to like kind of simplify it, it's about lowering your brain waves enough to surpass the analytical mind so that you can plant new seeds, right? New thoughts, mm. new beliefs into your subconscious. And you mentioned meditation. Yes, you can do this through meditation. There's very specific ways of meditating that is helpful for this. Uh, Yoga Nidra is one of the most ancient ways of subconscious reprogramming that I love. There's hypnosis. There is neuro-linguistic programming. I've been certified in all three, and I kind of combined all of them. Wow. Um, You can also use breath work. You could use EFT tapping. Like The list goes on. Mm -hmm. It's endless. But all of this work as long as it's lowering the brainwaves and getting into your subconscious will allow you to start building these, these new roads and eventually Audubon's. I'm saying that wow. right. Audubon, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's what I say. <laughs> that's, that's how it sounds yeah, when I use it. it. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I really, that's so amazing. Is, is there, for someone who's just getting started, is there one that you recommend as for like a beginner or kind of sub question, are we all like 
is it, are we all such different people that actually like that, that whole question of like that cookie cutter manifestation advice is like, is that what you would actually instead try to avoid to do? Like, like, is there, so I guess I have two questions. Is there a beginner? This is what you should do. Or do we need to find out what type of manifester we are? I love this question so much. The way that I'm going to, okay, this is how I'll answer this because I want this answer to be helpful for people. So um, yes, we're all going to manifest differently. And Mm -hmm. yes, there are a million different ways that you can go about subconscious reprogramming. Absolutely. And also there's one thing that is always the same. That is in order to manifest whatever it is that you want, all you need to do, we're going to make it sound so simple. And then of course it's like not that simple, but all you need to do is simply embody what you want to manifest now. That's all we're doing. You just embody mm-hmm. what you want to manifest right now. And so all the work of subconscious reprogramming, the hypnosis, the EFT, the NLP, the yoga nidra, the meditation, whatever it is, is just whatever modality or tool is going to support you in that embodiment. And that's where it becomes Mm. a personal journey. Absolutely. So I would say just like we said, you know, our favorite business advice would be to follow your intuition. Yeah. (laughs) Same, same here, right? To really tune into what, what is going to best support me in embodying this future version of myself now and, and to follow that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. And you know, something that's coming up for me as you're talking actually, cause I, I used to be the person actually, no, I was never this person, but my sister is this person. And so I have watched it. My sister is like 20 years older than I am. Oh my gosh. She listens to the pos- this podcast as well. I love you, Christina. Um, <laughs> but she's like 19 years older than I am. So I, I watched her as a kid and like, of course you, you learn a lot from your older siblings and I feel like, and I'm sure if she were here, she'd be like, yeah, like, actually, I don't know if, hopefully she's not insulted by this, but I feel like acting as if or embodying to her, if she were manifesting, let's say she was working on manifesting like money or a job or something like that, right? I feel like what I've seen a lot of family and friends do is like, oh yeah, so they'll just spend a lot of money because they're embodying their like rich self, right? And what I'm picking up here, though, is that it's really it's it's not about that. It's more about like like the experience you'd be having, like the feelings you'd be having. Like, are you feeling super free because you're not worried about money, or like, is that kind of more what that means by embodying that? Yes, absolutely. And also, I really love that example because I've definitely been that down that journey and, and made that mistake before around the money and like, well, then I'm going to be spending all the time. But if you really look at it, like a wealthy person isn't going around spending all of their money running themselves dry. Like that is not the embodiment of a wealthy person. A wealthy person so true. is responsible with their money. Like they know how much is coming in and how much is going out. They have a process for it. They have a healthy relationship with their money. So yeah, that that is definitely part of the embodiment for sure. Yeah. Mm. I love that. I love that. Okay. I'm also like, I saw something on, on Instagram actually that you had posted that I was like, wow, I had to find like something about your human design, like understand. Okay. I'm very new to human design, but you said something like understanding your fudge. What was it? Your authority, right? I know. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So with the, the human design, I'm glad that you, I'm glad you're asking about human design. I actually wanted to mention that, but then I didn't want to like 
you know, overwhelm people. And it's, it's, I know we're already throwing a lot of new information out there. But yeah, with the human design, like a moment ago, you were asking about, is it a cookie cutter? Like this is always going to be the best mm-hmm. way to manifest or is it different for everyone? And so since you're asking now about human design, human design is a really great way to start to tune into what will actually support you in that embodiment process of embodying your vision. So I think the reel that you're talking about on my Instagram, I was talking about uh, your human design authority. And so Mm -hmm. if you're totally new to human design, by the way, you can just go to myhumandesign.com and you can get a free chart. You do have to know the time that you were born. So call your mama if you can and ask her what time you were born. (laughs) And you put that in and it'll give you your human design chart. And on the side, it'll say authority. And if you read your authority, and then you can look up, like, what does this mean? What is my authority? And your authority is basically going to tell you how you receive intuition. And so we don't all receive intuition in the same way, right? It's actually going to be Mm. very different for us. Human design, if you're completely new to it and you're kind of like maybe not totally sold on it or is this real? What is this? Is this just another you know, personality typing thing. I just try it on and experience it for yourself and see what you experience. That's what I always tell my students is like, as an experiment, like just try it on and see how it feels when you start following your authority. Because time and time again, what I find is it is so spot on. I mean, it's based on astrology, the I Ching, the Kabbalah, um, what else? The chakras, quantum physics, like it's a combination of all of these different modalities, your gene keys put into human design. So I really love that, that it's very a holistic practice. But a great place to start is, yes, look up your authority, see what that means about your decision-making process, and start following your authority. Like start following the advice that it gives you. I'll just say, like as an example, for me, I'm an emotional authority. So While I always thought that following your gut was the right thing, right? Like just gut instinct, whatever your gut says is how you receive intuition. As an emotional authority, I have actually now, the way that I make my decisions is by waiting it out. So with the emotional authority, it's like you have these emotional highs, you get really excited about something and then a low and it's like, oh no, that doesn't sound good anymore. And so when I wait out those highs, the example I use is like, a friend invites me to dinner and I'm like, yes, I totally want to go to dinner with you. And then an hour goes by and I'm like, ooh, I don't want to go to dinner anymore, right? So <laughs> waiting out those highs and lows to make your decision from a neutral place for emotional authorities is going to be very helpful. But then someone else might be a sacral authority. Sacrals are more of that traditional intuition people where listening to the gut instinct, the gut like in the moment response is is going to be the best for them. So that's a great place to start. Yeah. There's so much more about human design that we could t- be here like talking for hours about it, but following yeah. authority is a really good place to start for sure. So I'm an emotional authority as well. I actually looked it up before we got on this episode because I was like, oh, that's so fascinating, that tip that you shared. So I'm an emotional authority, cool. and I don't know if this matters, but I'm a manifesting generator. So I'm a manifesting generator. Okay, and like I said, I'm new, but I'm a manifesting generator and with an emotional authority, if that's how you word it. So it does yeah, that yeah. like if I were going to be manifesting, like does that mean that you know when you say like wait out the highs or wait out the highs, 
because I I can so that's so me by the way like I same thing I'm like oh my god yes let's do this and then let's do that and then let's do this and then like an hour later I'm like why did I do that like making up excuses because (laughs) (laughs) um so it's just like I don't know it's weird it's a roller coaster it really is being me um (laughs) but if I were actively trying to manifest like is that really about like when I when I put my practice into place, is it about like the timing of when I like am in practice of it? Like I wait until I'm not feeling those like highs and lows. Is that like how I would make that decision? Yes. I'll give you, let's, let's look at like a, a tangible example and we'll relate it to business. So let's say, okay, this is a perfect example. Like I just finished my launch and now we're going into like kind of post launch mode and getting ready to warm up for the next launch that's happening in six months. And I have this like big piece of paper with markers and I'm like writing down all of my ideas, all the different things, how the timeline might work, what the different goals are. I'm not going to make any decisions on those things until I can feel in my body that my nervous system is regulated and Mm. this is the right decision for me. So in our culture, in Western culture, we're expected to like have these instant responses. Like when text messages came out, oh my God, it was even more, right? It's like now we're expected to answer immediately. Yeah. And so a big thing for me has given myself, just giving myself permission to say, let me sit on it. I'm going to sit on that and I'll get back to you. And being really okay with that, knowing that when I do take that time to sit with it, as an emotional authority, right? This isn't for everyone, but as an emotional authority, giving myself time to sit with it is where I'm going to get my most clear answers that are in alignment with my manifestation. So I might be embodying Mm. my manifestation, right? Like I'm embodying this business goal I have and this version of myself as this coach, et cetera. But when I'm making the decisions, I slow way down, right? Like that version of myself knows it's okay to take time to make those decisions. And so I do that versus like my marketing director, for example, she is more of a gut response. She's a sacral authority. So she's like, this is what we should do. And then I'm always like, I got to sit with it, (laughs) you know, and that's okay. Right. Both are, both are perfect and wonderful, but just knowing about that, that about yourself will allow you to make the more aligned decisions that are in alignment with your manifestation. So that's where those Mm. pieces kind of tie in together. I love that. Earlier, you had also mentioned that there was like that the whole, you don't have to be so specific is a myth. And that, like, I wanted to come back to that because I was like, wait, what? Like, I definitely thought, like, the whole secret behind manifestation was being so super specific. Are there any other manifesting myths that circulate the internet that you're like, oh, my gosh, when will they stop? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. So that it has to be super specific. That's a big myth. For some people, getting specific and really focusing on the details is actually going to support you in the embodiment. Like it's going to feel good for you. You love thinking about the details. You love getting into the nitty gritty. That's great. Follow that. Trust that. For others of us, like myself, focusing on the details actually limits us. It feels constricting. So as far as visioning and how specific you're going to get, Again, really just trust your intuition and what feels good to you, what feels most expansive, what helps you get in the embodiment of it. So that's mm-hmm. a huge myth. Um, super helpful to know. 
Another one is, ooh, that really irks me, is the advice to focus on the positive. I know it sounds weird that I'm telling you not to focus on the positive, but kind of how we started our, our chat today talking about anxiety and how if you're pushing the anxiety away and you're resisting it, it's just going to be that kid throwing a tantrum. Like it's going to keep fighting back and creating more chaos and turmoil in your life. So rather than trying to focus on the positive all all the time, I actually really recommend having the courage and the curiosity to do the shadow work, meaning Mm -hmm. what are the limiting beliefs, blocks, shadows, the anxiety, the fear, et cetera, and what do they actually have to teach me? So learning how to take those shadows and make them – into your teachers and guides, right? Actually showing you and guiding you towards your manifestation and where there's clearing that can be done, where there's chakra balancing that can be done to really support you again in the embodiment rather than just focusing on the positive, right? Because when you, again, when you focus on the positive, what happens? You suppress all the shadows and what you resist persists, right? So all of the stuff that you don't want to be manifesting is going to keep coming up until you really look at it and move through it. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. So don't just focus I, on the positive. <laughs> I love that actually because it takes some pressure off too. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's been the hardest part for committing to any practice like this because it's really hard to just be like to will yourself into positivity mode at all times. Do you know what I mean? So it no, actually takes the human. pressure off. It's not human and it like yeah. Yeah, and it, it creates stress, right? Then we're just creating pressure and stress in our in our system and our subconscious and our being. And what is stress gonna manifest? It's gonna manifest more stress. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so true. I love that. Um, before we go into questions from the audience, I just have to ask you, like, is do you have a favorite ma- manifestation, like something that you've manifested in recent years where you're like, ooh, this was like my favorite one or like a crazy manifestation story of your own? Oh my God. There's so many. My favorite manifestation, and maybe this sounds like so cheesy, but my favorite manifestation is... Hey, so glad you're loving this episode. I want to interrupt for five quick seconds to tell you about 12 strategies to help you find and convert your next client on social media. I'm going to bet what's really happening on your social and why you're not seeing a lot of results is because you're spending all of your time creating content and not any of your time building relationships. But I get it. You need some structure or specific action steps so you know how to build relationships. If you just do two of these on a consistent basis, you'll start seeing results. The trick is to actually use them. Just head to getcoachsocial.com forward slash clients to snag your copy. That's getcoachsocial.com forward slash clients. Okay, let's get back to the show. Really the manifestations of my students. I get so much like joy and just there's so much magic in it. It just makes me cry even thinking about how wonderful it is to see other people manifest. And I know that sounds like that probably sounds really cheesy, but that's really the truth. I mean, and if you, you know, I talk a lot about soul purpose and that was really my biggest desire was to manifest my soul purpose and to be an expression of that always. And one thing about soul purpose is it's always going to be about adding expansion to the world, supporting others, contributing in some way. So being able to like see that 
in being materialized is very fulfilling and special yeah. and wonderful. And the magic never dies on that one. So I would say oh, that's no. manifestation. No, I think that that's – I think that makes total sense. Do, do you feel like – you know, like, is there – okay, I, uh, another weird question. These are such random questions that are coming to my mind. Like, do you feel like there's power in manifesting something together? Like, do you ever – or is it a very individual experience yeah, manifestation? Or yeah, could, like, yeah. a group of people manifest something together? Oh, group manifestation is so fucking powerful, 100%. Uh, I I would even say – I try not to get into absolutes, but I almost want to say it's always more powerful in a group. Just because and, – and you got to be aware of like what group you're manifesting with, of course. But when you find a community of people that is really supporting each other and lifting each other up and that, that just amplifies your manifestation. Just like if you're surrounding people – you're surrounding yourself with people who are always like putting you down and – making you doubt yourself, et cetera, that's also going to affect your manifestation. So mm. yeah, a collaborative effort for sure. It's why I am such a huge, huge supporter of group work. It's why like the program I run is done in a group. The calls are all like we're all together in the group. We get to hear each other and support each other because that's really going to amplify it. So even I would say like for someone who's not in a group coaching program, I would say like hit up your bestie and be like, hey, how mm -hmm. about on Fridays we have a little happy hour or a little tea time and we just talk about what we're manifesting with each other and support each other. Having that time to like collaborate and support each other is definitely going to amplify whatever you're creating in your life. 100%. Yeah. Uh -oh. Oh my gosh, I love that idea. I'm so going to like I want to like put together like a manifesting group chat. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right. Let's take some questions from our listeners. These are some really good questions. I'm excited about them. So I want to make sure we have time for them. When are affirmations actually useful? And when do you need something different? What are signs that affirmations aren't working, for example? Oh my gosh. This question. Whoever asked this, you are... A woman of my heart. I love you for asking this so much. <laughs> this is a touchy subject that I tend to try and stay away from at first only because this can be like triggering for people. And if it is, that's okay. Like that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel that affirmations are not the best way to go about manifesting. I really do. And it's, mm -hmm. I don't include them in any of my programs, any of my teachings. The reason why is affirmations will be supportive if you're kind of just like on that tipping point of your manifestation, like your subconscious isn't super, it, let's say your subconscious isn't like completely rejecting the idea of your manifestation. Like you're almost there. You just need a little extra support. Then great manifestation, or I'm sorry, affirmations will probably support you. Like they're going to make you feel good. They'll get you over that tipping point. That's great. But when you're working with something that is so outside of your reality that it is necessary for you to shift on an identity level in order to embody that manifestation, affirmations just aren't really where it's at. Because when we're working with mm -hmm. affirmations, we're only working with our thinking part of our brain. We're not getting deep into the subconscious unless, unless we're using affirmations in meditations, right? Or in a hypnosis when you're deeper in your subconscious. And I'll just give this example to kind of 
in case anyone's like, I don't know, Roxanne, like affirmations are working for me. Like, that's great. I just want to give you this example. I have a student and I have permission to share this. So I have a student. Her name is Janice. And when she started, she could not even look in the mirror at herself. Like she had so much self-hatred towards herself. So like really low self-esteem. If I was just to say to Janice, okay, Janice, just every day, tell yourself 10 times that you love yourself. That's going to be a huge disservice to her, right? It's going to be a huge disservice because every time she says those words, it's going to feel fake. It's going to feel not real. Now she's into that what we were talking about, like just trying to focus on the positive and it's going to put her into a state of stress, into unalignment, into like your subconscious rejecting what you're saying basically. But instead, right, instead of just having this affirmation of like, I love you every day, what if instead, and this is what Janice did, Janice receives a guided hypnosis NLP yoga nidra meditation right? And for 10 minutes a day, she just lowers her subconscious. She gets into the embodiment of what would it be like? Just what would it be like using your imagination if you did love yourself? Just as as an experiment, what would it feel like? And she does that in her subconscious when her body is relaxed and more open and accepting and suggestible. And she does that every day. It's going to have such a huge drastic shift. And Janice is it like such a beautiful story, someone who went from not being able to look in the mirror to manifesting fully loving herself. She manifested her soulmate. She manifested a new job that's paying her double her old salary and all because she was that embodiment of self-worth and self-love now. So obviously I get oh. like very passionate answering this question, but if I can help anyone from by, you know, just like showing you how there's so much more that you could be doing than affirmations and I hope that this helps. Oh my gosh, that was so well answered. Actually, it makes perfect sense. I really, really appreciate that. Okay, amazing. I love, this is something, this question is kind of linked to what we were talking about before, I think, about the all the crazy stuff in the, the news and how that can affect you. So she writes, there's a lot of scary stuff going on in the world. Sometimes I feel like manifestation is a waste of time because if the world ends, this won't happen. LOL. What do you say to that? I know that might sound super dramatic, but the news and TikTok really makes things feel this way sometimes. Do I have to stop watching the news and going on TikTok to manifest? manifest successfully? Or is the fact that I am absorbing this terrifying messaging not going to hinder my manifesting? Oh my gosh. I feel you so deeply right now. That is definitely a huge, that's a huge, that's huge. That's huge because the world is very chaotic right now. Like as a collective, we're going through a lot of shit right now. It's a lot. It's a lot. So This is one of those things that, again, I'm not going to tell anyone to like not watch the news or watch the news. I actually don't want to be the person to ever tell anyone what to do, but just to like guide you towards your own answers, right? So as far as manifestation, you really want to look at what's, again, what's going to support you in the embodiment of your manifestation. And that does include what you are consuming on your phone, television, the media, right? So it's, I'm not saying shut yourself off from the news completely and, and be completely unaware of what's going on. Like there is a level of awareness that I think is important for us as a humanity to to have. And also 
Where are you getting your news from? What kind of emotions are they feeding you? Are they using fear tactics, for example, right? Be really selective about where you get your news from. I mean, even to the point where like, Mm. I am very limited in the news that I take into my subconscious because it affects me so much. And so I really have to look at if I'm going to be the best version of myself that is going to create the biggest positive ripple effect on the world, meaning filling Mm -hmm. my cup, allowing it to overflow and creating positive impact and change in the world. It is my duty. It is my duty to take care of myself. And that includes not watching a lot of news for me, right? For me. Yeah. And so in that way, I really feel like that is the best thing I can do for the world is to take care of myself in that way. Right. That being said, I rely on my partner to tell me a lot of the news because I know he's going to deliver it in a more non-biased way, a way that's supportive so I can hear about what's going on without like fear, you know, the fear mongering and and just coming at me. Yeah. There's a few Instagram accounts that I follow that I love the communication style. I love the way they report the news, which again is in a way that they're not using fear tactics, et cetera. So yeah. For yourself, notice how the way in which you're consuming the news, how is that making your body feel? How does that make your nervous system feel? And if it's anything less than what you feel you deserve and you would like to be experiencing, then stop doing it, right? And find another way mm-hmm. that you can still be an aware human and society, um, but not to the point where you're destroying your nervous system and getting unregulated because ultimately that's not how you're going to help other people, right? And serve the world. Um, I feel like there's so much yeah. I want to say on this because it's such a, a big, important topic, especially at the moment. <sighs> but I would just say to this listener and to anyone else, again, like really take care of your nervous system and, and know that it's okay to take care of yourself. Right, like it's it's okay to take care of yourself, yeah. even if that means not watching certain news outlets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also think this can be linked to, you know, like like conversations you have with with family members that might be like really into certain triggering topics in the news. Do you know what I mean? That like you feel really unaligned with or you know like this is something that a lot of people are talking about like just like differing opinions from family members do you know what i mean and yeah. so it's like yeah. if they're staying away from the news then they also can't have conversations with certain people so i feel like do you suggest like like having that conversation with your family member and being like look i'm really trying to stay in this energy right now and like if like how do you have that conversation or how do you put that boundary up yeah, thank you so much for asking that that's really big so when my students and I get to root chakra, because I, I like to teach subconscious reprogramming actually through the body and through the chakras, and because it really is like the full map of our subconscious, and it, it's like our energetics, our frequency. Anyways, we can talk all day about that. But when we get to our root chakra, which is actually your first, first chakra, that is your center of a feeling of safety, of security, and also family and a sense of belonging. And what's really interesting is that within safety, security, family, belonging, all of these energetic components of your root chakra is also the overarching necessity of boundaries. And so we talk a lot about 
reprogramming to have really healthy and loving boundaries around your family and the people that are Mm -hmm. in your community. So I love that this came up. And there's something else I want to say too, that I thought of as you were talking is our nervous system is not, it was not made or evolved to take in the amount of information that we do on the daily because of, of the manifestation of the internet, right? Like the manifestation of the internet that evolved so much faster than our nervous system could evolve. So first of all, as humans, we're not supposed to be taking in all of this information. Like it's so much. And sometimes it can be like crisis after crisis that we're taking in when we're watching the news or talking to family members, et cetera. So as a side note, like to be aware of that. And so another thing around that, as you were asking about family, yes, having boundaries around the conversations that you have, um, how you spend your time with the people that you love, super, super important. One little tip I'll share about boundaries, because I think this is something that when I notice people starting to put boundaries into place with their family, one, I'll just, I don't want to say mistake, but eh, it's just like, one level of learning, I guess, that tends to not go so great for people is they make boundaries about other people. So they'll say something like, let's say a family member starts talking about some politics or something that you don't agree with or you don't want to hear about. Maybe you're putting boundaries into place. And so your first answer is going to, or first reaction to that person is going to be, stop talking about that. Right. And what we're doing Mm. when we do that is we're trying to the other person. We're making the boundaries about them. We're trying to change their behavior. But it's really important to remember that boundaries are actually about yourself. It's about you and what you're tolerating and the experience that you're creating, right? With your words, with your energy, with your choices. So instead of saying, stop talking about that, I might say something else like, well, one, I might leave the room. <laughs> That's always an option to excuse yourself and say, excuse me, I'm going to go yeah. to this room. That's totally okay. You're, you're allowed to choose the conversations you're, you're in, right? Another one might be to say, kind of similar to what you just said, Sophia, earlier, which is something along the lines of, you know, I've been working really hard on, maybe you don't use the word embodying if they don't understand that. I've been working really hard on... <laughs> I'm <laughs> keeping myself feeling good today. It's so important for my well-being. So I'd really yeah. appreciate if we could just maybe steer the conversation in another direction. Would that be okay with you? And we could just like put this to the side for now. Would that be okay with you? Right? And now you're having more of a human conversation with this person. You're not saying anything that they're doing is wrong. You're making it about you. Of, yeah. Like, what kind of conversation you want yeah. to be having. So as far as boundaries, just yeah. notice if you're – making it about the other person and how can you flip it and make it about yourself instead? Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Yeah. I so agree with that. And I feel like knowing I can use advice in my own life, right? There's certain situations and conversations that I feel like I have where I'm like, this is making me feel so horrible right now. And I just don't want to be in this conversation. And it's like been such a practice of understanding how to communicate that it's not about you. Like you can do whatever you want to do. Like I, I love this for you, but not for me. <laughs> and I just want to, you know, remove myself or just like, is it okay if we do this? You know what I mean? And I feel like, I don't know, that's a really empowering way to approach it actually, making it about yourself and not the other person. 
Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I love this. Permission, um, right? Permission to like not answer yeah. the phone. Permission to not text back right away. Permission to <laughs> excuse yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of permission we could be giving ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And the last question we have is when it comes to building your business, what kinds of things do you manifest? So I feel like this person might be referring to like, do you manifest team members? Do you manifest launch numbers? Do you do manifest all of it? Like, are you actively manifesting like every day in your business? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, also remember, we we don't start manifesting. We're manifesting all the time. But yeah, I think what you're asking is, do I consciously manifest my business? Absolutely. I can actually think of like, I just hired a social media person and the way in which I wanted this person to come to me, I was like, I want them to be someone who is already interested in my program, who like wants to be a student or is already a student who's obsessed with manifestation. I want them to just be a total vibe and like love social media in the way that I don't love it. And yeah, manifest it. <laughs> and they reached out to me and, and they're now on our team. So yes, That's manifesting amazing. team members, absolutely. I will also say... And this is, I think this is so important and like not talked about enough, especially by manifestation teachers. So I'm going to be the one to do it. It doesn't always go as planned and I don't always get my manifestations, right? Like for example, the last Mm -hmm. launch I mentioned that was a challenging one for us. I did not reach my goal. It was, it was a little bit of a shit show. It was challenging. And also it's like, even when those things happen, it's all like when you really master manifestation, the challenge happens and you're able to see it for what it really is, which is this opportunity for growth and teaching so that you can become the embodiment, the version of yourself that will manifest what you want. Right. So maybe it's not Mm. happening in the way that I wanted it to happen. Right. Wouldn't it be just wonderful if this launch went exactly how I planned but it didn't because the universe has something else in store. So as far as manifesting within your business, absolutely be manifesting on the regular. Like don't be shy about putting your order out to the universe and then let it go and surrender to that higher universal cosmic power, (laughs) right? And just trusting that it's going to unfold even if you can't see it unfolding right in front of you yet. And the challenges are simply opportunities to grow more into that embodiment. Roxanne, you're like just such a pick-me-up. Like I feel like I would rather have you than a cup of coffee, which is saying a lot. Everyone knows I love coffee. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm just like – I just am so grateful for this conversation and just this outlook and – And also this, for me, the biggest takeaway from this conversation is just how much, like I keep thinking, oh yeah, I want to learn how to manifest. I want to do this. And I love this realization that I, I manifest every single day. And like there, because I manifest every single day with just a few shifts of being more intentional about it, like I can probably just make such a much more impactful or a much more you know, a manifestation that I'm more aware of, right? And and make it more like intentionally so that I can create more magic that I want in my life. You know what I mean? That I might have just not realized is at my fingertips. It's just like available to me, you know? 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So beautifully said. Yay. So I'm like so grateful for you. And I know everyone needs to, I mean, like I've already shouted out your social media, um, but like tell us your handle and also like where can we learn more from you? Um, Because I know this is the tip of the iceberg, like kind of what we were talking about earlier. As generous as you are and as like as with all the tips that you've shared in here, I know there's so much more. P.S. She shares lots on her social media too. Where can we learn from you? Yeah. So thank you for asking. Absolutely. On social media, my handle's at Roxanne Miranda Manifest on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, but I hang out the most on Instagram. So if you want to hang out, definitely find me there at Roxanne Miranda Manifest. Uh, there's two N's in Roxanne, R-O-X-A-N-N-E, Miranda Manifest. And if you want to learn more beyond that, I would really suggest diving into the Soul Alignment Method, which is the method that we've actually been talking about a lot today. And it's what I teach all of my students. It's what I use. It's a four-step process to manifest, to really be the embodiment of whatever you want. You can find the link on my social on Instagram, but also the URL is roxanmiranda.com slash soul, S-O-U-L. And that's totally free. And you'll get a little workbook that comes with it and a video of me taking you through the whole process. So I really hope that serves you so you can start manifesting on purpose. Oh my gosh. I love that. I'm so going to download that after this conversation. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. Thank you so much. So like seriously for your generosity, for your time, we went over more than we said we would. I'm happy that you're, I know you're waiting for someone and I'm happy they were late. It sounds like, (laughs) but I'm so grateful that you were here today. And you're just such a joy. And I equally love your Instagram as much, and especially your emails. Like, can we talk about how good Sophia's emails are? Oh my gosh, it just lights me up. I love your emails. So oh much. my gosh, I feel like you're right there. they're so good. So thank you. For oh my me. gosh, you just made my day. Thank you so much for for shouting out my emails because they're like my favorite thing to create. But I feel like I'd like never talk about them to people, so I just love that. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good. And I know sometimes with the emails, you feel like, is anyone listening? Like, is this thing on? Because they're just, you know, putting it out. But like, yes, we are listening. They're so amazing and so helpful. So helpful. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Well, thank you so much for for being here. And yeah, I'm just really grateful we're connected. You really do make like bring me so much joy with the content you create. I always, every time I see a reel of yours, I'm like, oh, I have to watch it. So, so I'm just really grateful for you. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.